welcome and thanks for tuning in to Real People, Real Talk. Relevant conversations that take you from surviving to thriving. This is the podcast that goes there. My name is Paul Calco and I'm your host. Now let's talk. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. At whatever time you are listening to this, I hope and pray that it is a good time for you. And if it's not, I would encourage you to keep the faith in God because he got you. He's faithful. He's sovereign. Amen. And so since we are still at the top of the year, um, I had to dedicate at least one episode to fitness. And so our guiding scripture is found in First Corinthians chapter six, verses 19 and 20. And it says, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. You were brought with a price. So glorify God in your body. So this episode is an encouragement to take good care of it and to steward it well. And so I'm joined today by Matthew Gay, who is a national certified personal trainer, a weight loss specialist and the CEO of Fit Coach USA. And this is his third time on the podcast. And I'll be sure to leave those episode links in the show notes as well, because coach is always dropping spiritual and fitness words of wisdom. So welcome back to the show, Coach Matt. Thanks, man. It's good to be back. Yes, glad to have you, man. So, Coach, we'll we'll get right into it. Do you think that God cares about how we treat our bodies? Why or why not? 100%. um, First and foremost, for the obvious reasons, which is our body belongs to him. So it'd be silly to think that something he created with his own hands, something that he knows intimately, um, something that he took the time and effort to put together uh, doesn't actually concern him at all. Um, not only that, I mean, as we look throughout scripture, we see the use of the body um, concerning Jesus on the cross. Uh, we see the use of the body uh, in war. We see the use of the body in healing and deliverance and saving and rescuing. We see the use of the body in so many different ways. We see, you know, the, 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 the group, the, the, family of christ concerted considered the body of christ so we know that the body is important um to to the lord uh and i i've always kind of come back to this if our bodies weren't important to him then he wouldn't have made them Mm. (laughs) he doesn't make things that aren't important Man, that's good right there. You are already dropping gems. God does care about our bodies. I love what you say. He took time to make it. So therefore, um, he cares about it and he loves the body so much that he actually created us, our bodies in his image. And so with that thought in mind, coach, like, why do you think some of us as Christians, um, that we don't take better care of our bodies? I, I think in part it's because it's difficult to take care of your body. And I think Christians deal with the same things that non-Christians do in some aspects, busyness and challenge and hardship. And, you know, we're up against the world in many ways, you know, we just kind of lean into convenience and comfort and, you know, we get overwhelmed and we experience things just like everybody else do. Uh, It's just that our response is is meant to be different. Um, And we do that well sometimes and sometimes we don't. So I think with Christians, um, it, it really is a matter of needing to lean into the Lord, needing to trust in him and needing to embrace the challenge of taking better care of yourself and be wise uh, with the way that you eat and, and, you know, how often you get active and all that. But I think sometimes we fall short. Um, and for some, it's become a habit. It's become a lifestyle. 
I think that's part of it. And I think the other side of it is um, simply because the church hasn't talked about health and fitness a whole lot. You know, it's not a, it's not a, a predominant uh, topic or issue within the church and it hasn't been, you know, so the culture of the American church, when I think about it is one that involves a lot of food and, you know, there's a lot of prayer and a lot of good works being done. But when it comes to like the health culture specifically, right. it's not necessarily one that you think of good health or good practices. I think jokingly, I think people think of, you know, church events as fried chicken and mac and cheese, all the good stuff, the potlucks and stuff like that. So it's just not something that we talk about a lot within the church. And a lot of Christians, um, they do place a lot of weight on what they're hearing and learning and experiencing within their church body and the community of believers that they are committed to. So if it's not a topic that's being spoken of a lot and it's kind of something that's excused or dismissed, then there's no real push, no real you know, drive to say, I need to be better in this area because this matters to the body of Christ. It matters to my community. It matters to my local church. It matters to my pastor, right? So I think that it's twofold. I think it's just natural human struggle. <laughs> and then I think it's a, a lack of conversation about this within the church. Yeah, coach, you said so many good things there. And I listen more intently when you come on because I'm on my fitness journey. So one of the things you said that one of the reasons that we mess up because we lean into convenience and we lean into comfort and that yeah. we need really need to embrace the challenge of taking care of our bodies because it's going to be a challenge. But we have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. Um, the mm-hmm. Bible says in Philippians, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And this is the thing that God wants to do is to steward our bodies well. And I follow you on Instagram and TikTok. Um, he does some great videos as it relates to spiritual spirituality and fitness. And one of your videos was talking about accountability. And you specifically said, don't just pray for healing, but partner with God. And that just yeah. struck me so much. That I couldn't wait yeah. to have you on and just ask you to elaborate on that. Yeah, I think because a lot of Christians pray, like we pray for things sometimes that we can do something about. That's simply where that comes from, right? God, help me to do this. Um, and and really God is saying, I don't, I don't want to do that for you. I'm not going to do it for you. I mean, I guess I, I could. <laughs> God can do all things. But I'm not going to because I'm a good father, right? And if I just do things for you all the time, if I make everything easy for you, you'll be a very weak individual. You, you won't have much strength within you. You haven't gotten to where you are by, right right now with the strength and the wisdom that you have because you've experienced a bunch of easy stuff your whole life. You've never had it hard. The reason you are so tough is because you've been through so many things and I've developed you and, and built you up. And that's why you're overcoming things that maybe at one point in your life, you never thought you could overcome. So this is an area of your life where I don't want to do it for you. I want you to partner with me. There's elements of this that I have to do. There's deliverance. There's work at a soul level that I need to help you with that you can't do on your own. I got that. But there's practices that you have to commit to. Um, and in doing so, you'll you'll grow and build and, and, and become stronger. I've helped already. A lot of folks, I think when, when it comes to people praying for God to help them, uh, if they're praying, you know, things like God help me, um, to not deal with so much temptation or they're praying, God help, help me to stay motivated. Help me to, you know, make it easier for me to get up in the morning and work out. And, uh, I think a lot of the prayers are directed at God making it more convenient, mm-hmm. making it easier, right? Making it less uncomfortable. God never promised to, to, to do that, right? Like he actually told us like, in this life, you're going to have tribulation, but fear not, I've, I've overcome the world. God doesn't say, I'm going to take it all away from you. I'm not going to remove the desire of the flesh. I'm not going to remove the hardship that the flesh presents or the challenges. I have, however, given you a solution, which is my spirit. 
I've already answered your prayer and you're wanting me to make it easy for you. You're trying to cut corners through prayer. And really, I just need you to buckle down and do what I've already told you to do. Stand on my word. Walk in my spirit. Acknowledge me in all of your ways. I will direct your path. I will strengthen you. I've given you the fruit of the spirit. It's all already there. You're just not walking in it. So you're not you're not benefiting from it. And then you're praying and asking me for more, but you're not using what I've already given you. Cut corners through prayer. Uh, that, yeah. that's so rich. And my response to you is a man, a man to that, because I wholeheartedly agree with everything that you said that we need more accountability. We need yeah. to take responsibility for stewarding the body that God has given us. And like to say like this, that, uh, we can't do God's part and God will not do our parts. And right. we are partners with God. And I would encourage the listener to, as it relates to your fitness journey, to do what you can. And then you trust God to do what you cannot do. In other words, yeah. give God your best, and I promise you that God will handle the rest. Absolutely. That's 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 how this whole walk is supposed to to work. Uh, the Christian lifestyle, I, I've come to understand that. I used to think that it was me, me, me. I had to do it all. Do, 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 do. All these things that God is telling me to do. And it was very stressful, and I was very uh, you know ungracious to myself. And I, I really struggled with the whole concept of grace, honestly, with that mentality. When you're trying to do everything right, you're trying to um, you know work perfection on your own strengths, uh, that is very overwhelming and it's not realistic. Um, but the truth of the matter is he's actually calling us to a relationship where he does some and you do some. It's a team effort in every single aspect. And we, when we discount God's um, role in any area of our life, in any certain task, big or small, uh, we find we're, we're we're quickly overwhelmed, right? We're we're quickly, um, you know, fatigued and stressed, and we go and go, and we lose sight of why we're doing what we're doing, and you know, all kinds of bad things happen when we lose sight of God's role in in our life and in everything that we do. At the same time, we can say, "Okay, God, this is all on you," right? And so we sit and we cross our arms and say, "I'm just waiting on the Lord." That's not necessarily what that always means, Come on. right? Because you can, you know, I, I have, uh, you know, I've, I've been to restaurants before and I've been waited on, but that didn't mean they were just standing there waiting for me to find food to eat. They were serving, they were moving and, and, and helping me, right? Um, accomplish the goal of me getting my meal. <laughs> but, um, you know, we, we can't put it all on God either. There are certain things that he alone can do and we acknowledge him. We're desperate for him. We need him. But there's always something that we can be doing. Um, and if, if we're willing to do that, even if it's challenging, then we're going to find that we experience more of the fullness of God and we grow in him and we learn more about him because we're working side by side with him. It's a balance of faith and action. And I love <laughs> your point on waiting because I, I like to say that um, a lot of people say that they're waiting on God. But in actuality, God is waiting on us. Waiting on them, yeah. Yeah, for the example, um, last year in 2022, a report from the doctor was like, all right, getting a little heavy in so many words, you're pre-diabetic. Yeah. And I'm a man of the cloth, and so I prayed and I prayed. But in the in that sense, prayer wasn't enough. Um, we should add prayer and actions and faith. Of course, God is a prayer answering God. Prayer is important, but I can pray all day till I turn blue in the face. Like, all right, God, help me to not be pre-diabetic. But until I start making better health choices, until I yeah. get in the gym, until I make better um, food choices, um, yeah. 
I was going to remain pre-diabetic, but testimony time, I am no longer pre-diabetic because I mixed it with, come on now, coach, because I mixed it with faith in God, trust in God, and then also doing my part of working out and eating better. So, so many good things you said, bro. so good. I appreciate it. I love you, that, man. Congratulations. Thank you, coach. I see why you're a coach. You're over here encouraging me. So I know my audience is getting good feedback. Well, I'm watching you. I see what you're doing. I mean, you're putting in the work and you're putting little stuff on, you know, you're you're posting your journey here and there as well, too. And it excites me to see a believer, a man of God to, you know, to stand up and, and walk in the fact that he is more than a conqueror and that there's nothing going to, you know, enslave him or take control of him. Like, no, you're you're taking control of the situation and that's exciting. And I think that's something to be celebrated. Hey man, I really appreciate you, man. And yeah, as we was talking this, one of the biggest culprits of a healthy lifestyle is our diets and yeah. specifically overeating. I know personally I'm, I'm guilty. I have been guilty of that from time to time to be honest, but what are some steps yeah. that we can take to stop overeating? Yeah. Overeating, man. It comes from so many different places. Sometimes it comes from like, your just normal, like eating structure. Like if you don't eat a lot throughout the day, cause you're, doing stuff where you forget to eat and then you have a sitting at the end of the day where you just eat a ton, like that's your structure. So in that way, you might want to start planning meals throughout the day, like actually have a mealtime structure for yourself, like schedule and put foods in there. Like, you know, where's, where's my protein going to come from? Fruits, vegetables, kind of plan in advance. So that, that would be one way right out the gate. Other times I see people are overeating for emotional reasons. And that's where I would say you need to start leaning towards the Lord and actually be strategic about like your thoughts. Think about what you're thinking about. Why are you grabbing for food? Why are you staring at the pantry right now? Are you actually hungry or are you stressed out? Are you overwhelmed? Are you scared? Are you worried? Like what's going on? What's really going on? Because a lot of times overeating is a symptom of, um, you know, something deeper, right? And so we need to get to the root of that in that moment. And as we practice thinking about what we're thinking about, we stop and pause for a second and just consider why we're about to eat or why we feel like we need to eat more. Um, we get better at being mindful in that way. And, and we learn that we can do alternative things like pray and and, and, and uh, journal and call a friend. Like sometimes the situation that's causing you to eat actually has a very strategic and specific solution that you would be masking or avoiding because you're eating and that makes you feel better. So you stop thinking about what you actually need to do because the feeling's gone. So you never actually get to the root of the issue. Problem is then the issue keeps reoccurring because you're never actually like when you feel that you don't actually go deal with it, you mask it. So, you know, you've got a broken wrist. Oh, I'm going to take ibuprofen. Like, okay, well that might help a bit, but like at some point you should probably go get that fixed. Cause when it doesn't, when your hand doesn't work that well in a few years, like probably cause it healed wrong. Cause you never actually went and got it corrected. So we've got to stop masking stuff. It's dangerous. Um, you know, in some ways for some, it's become idolatry, you know, to overeat. It's placing something um, where God belongs, you know, for some of us, you could call it adultery, you could call it idolatry. But like, if, if I'm supposed to go in prayer, like, all right, so for example, uh, be anxious for nothing, but in all things through prayer. So it's like, be anxious for nothing, but do this instead. This is what you're supposed to do when you're anxious. God has given us a solution. This is what I want you to do. This is what I, the Lord, want you to do when you're anxious, right? We all deal with some anxiety. In that moment, God is saying, pray, petition me, give me thanks, right? And the response of that then will be, the outcome of that will be that my peace, which surpasses all understanding, it will guard, it will guard your heart 
How many of us feel like we need our hearts to be guarded because so many things are being thrown at us? God is saying, I'll offer your heart protection with a shield of peace. If you, in those moments where you're anxious, will pray, right? And supplication, offer supplication with thanksgiving and make your request known to me. That's what will happen. So instead of eating, we should do that. So, you know, overeating uh, is is what we're talking about here. But I think if you really want to get to the root of some of your overeating issues, you got to think about where they're coming from and then consider what the Bible says is the actual solution for that, right? And then the last thing would be if you're overeating just because it's become like a habit for you, like I don't know how to stop. I'm eating, but then the food is just so good. (laughs) I just want one more bite. That was my issue. I want you to separate yourself from the plate. Ask for the to-go box. Take the plate, go put it in the kitchen and come back to the table and sit with the family with your water or your beverage. Like move away from it. If you're at an event and there's a, a buffet table, don't sit by the buffet table. Go play Uno with somebody who like go do something, go start a conversation because the event that you went to wasn't about the food in the first place. It's there, but it was about the people. So learn to separate yourself from the meal. If you're like practice understanding your own fullness and moving on. Coach, I love how spiritual and how practical your response was. And just for my dear audience, I just want to uh, reemphasize that scripture that you brought up, Philippians 4, verses 6 through 7. Excellent for this conversation. It's to be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Man, once again, so much to unpack in your response. One thing I want to just zoom in on is just we've got to be aware of our mental and emotional health. Because I remember if I was in a place, depending on if I had a bad day, the likelihood of me overeating would increase significantly. Food can be an idol. Food yeah. can be an addiction. Food can be a Food. drug. And so we just got to be really careful with that. Yeah, 100%. And since we're at the top of the year, what are your thoughts on New Year's resolutions? I I want to encourage believers and actually want to challenge a lot of believers not to place their uh, hope, not to find their drive and true motivation in the fact that it's a new year. Why? Because at some point it won't be a new year anymore. Hence, why so many people fall off by March, right? Because th- that, that ooh, it's a new year, that feeling, that emotion, right? We're very often emotionally driven. It tends to fade away as the year goes on. It's not a new year anymore. It's just the year, right? So I want to encourage you rather to get to the root of where your, your, your motivation will come from. And that is Christ, right? He makes all things new. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. If you really want newness, if you if you're driven by some by new things, by newness, you your 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 drive would be found in Christ. Then, because literally, he's the epitome of newness, right? New mind, new heart. He he creates newness out of very old and stale things, right? He brings them back to life. Literally, that's what he's done with you and with me, right? The old is dead. The new has come. That all is found in Christ. So 
get to get to the root of where where really is my drive? What should my drive be coming from? Well, it needs to be it needs to be coming from something that doesn't ever change, or yeah. else you're gonna fall off. Man, that's right? good. So you know, I feel I feel great about New Year's resolutions in the sense that hey, look, I, if, if if it moves you to get going, cool. But don't let that be where you you found your drive and and, and your motivation and your effort and, and and the push that you're about to to apply. That also being said, don't just have a resolution without a plan. It's there's no point in having a resolution or a goal if you don't actually have a plan. And if you haven't really weighed the cost of the resolution, because I think a lot of the times the reason they say about eight, eight or nine percent of people who set New Year's resolutions actually succeed. Eight or nine percent of the people who actually do set resolutions. And I think the study was done that I think it's like 50 or 60% of people actually set a new year's resolutions at this point. But then of those people, about eight or 9% actually succeed. That is extremely low. And Paul, I think the reason that that's the case is because I don't think we actually weigh the cost of our goals. Sometimes I think we fall in love with the idea, but I don't think we embrace the reality. The truth of the matter is, if you want to take on a healthier lifestyle, there are sacrifice involved. You're going to have to change your schedule a bit. You're going to have to say no to people you're used to saying yes to. Familiar things are going to have to go out the window and really challenging things are going to have to be fully embraced. You're going to have to say yes to things that you don't want to and no to things that you really don't want to. You're going to have to shift. It, it takes a, a, an upheaval of, some, for some of us, parts of our identity, right? If you really want to create a new lifestyle, some of what you believe about yourself has to be laid down, right? You have to lay down every weight and the sin that so easily besets you and run with endurance the race that's set before you. Coach, I'm over here as less less of a host and more of a listener because so many gems was dropped. And my response is just kind of to repeat what you already said. Don't have a resolution without a plan. And then yeah. as you was talking, not just talking about ministering, like, this episode, it is bigger than fitness. It's bigger yeah. than your uh, your personal record on the bench press or what you can do in a mile or having a six pack. It's bigger than fitness, but it's really about deliverance. It's really about worship. It's really about obedience and stewardship. God has given us one body, only one body, and he has tasked us with stewarding well. So it's bigger than just the gym and it's bigger than just the kitchen, but God is calling us to obey him and to worship him even with our bodies. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I mean, I think it's just a part of the whole relationship. I mean, something that I've heard very often and I've come to realize is that once you become a believer, there's no like secular and sacred anymore. And I think we do that still sometimes and it's faulty. These are the secular areas of my life and these are the sacred areas of my life. Right. Maybe my occupation, that's more secular. That's just, you know, paying the bills. It's a world thing that I have to do, whatever it is. Or my fitness journey is a more of a secular thing or, you know, whatever. I mean, you know, my my shopping or my 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 spending, you know, um, habits, that's more of a secular thing. No, that's not supposed to be the case. Right. Don't you know that you are not your own? Like your life is not your own. Right. Like that is that is scripture. That's the truth. You were bought with a price. Everything that you are, everything that you have, everything that you ever will be, everything that you do, let all that you do be done, right? All of it is pointed to the glory of 
God. So it doesn't matter whether you're at the mall. It doesn't matter whether you're at the gym. It doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter what area of your life it is, whether it's your relationships, your finances, your health, your occupation, your vocation, your hygiene. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It, it's all his, right? Amen. So I think once we get to that, that reality, like when, when we embrace that reality that, man, this isn't, this isn't something that's apart from him. This is mm -hmm. all a part of my walk with Christ as well, too. It, it, it actually makes a lot more sense as to like how we need to target our, our focus. And like, it, it, it makes a lot more sense as to how deliberate we need to be about this and why we need to be so deliberate about this. Um, because on the other side of it, if we know that something belongs to God, we know that the enemy wants to attack it. Right. And I don't think a lot of believers are thinking about that. Right. Right. Like your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Why on earth would his enemy not want to attack his temple? Say that. We have an adversary. Yeah. Right. He comes to steal, kill and destroy. That's real. And this is an area that so many believers feel like they are being destroyed, that their freedom and their joy and confidence has been stolen. Right. And some some have lost their life in all actuality to poor health habits. It's It's not a joke. It really is. An area that the enemy can do some of his finest work um and and the, the crazy thing is he's called the father of lies and there's so many illusions playing through people's minds as to what they can and can't do and as to what they enjoy and what they don't enjoy they've recited some of the thoughts he's planted in their minds so much so that they truly believe that they hate exercise you don't hate exercise because every time you exercise afterwards you say i feel so good when i exercise yes. so stop saying you hate exercise you love the result you love the outcome you love what it could do for your life but somehow along the way you started to recite this as though it was your own truth and it's not god and he's given you the ability to move and your society and the thoughts the enemy planted in your head and your interpretations of things have caused you to come to this conclusion that you don't like exercise or you don't like vegetables. Or you don't like this. Or you don't like that. And that's just not the case. Uh, so the enemy is after us. And I think once we consider that and realize that and accept that it all, it, it not only, um, it, it not only moves us to, uh, fight for our health and, and fight for our families and fight for the various aspects of our life. But it also, because we know that we are not capable of fighting the fight alone, points us towards our father even more saying, God, I, I can't fight this one alone. I, I can't like I'm up against an adversary. I can't see with my physical eyes. I need you because I can't see him, but you can see him. Actually, you've already overcome him. Actually, Man. you already have a plan for him. I already have the victory over him. You actually given me authority over him. So I need to walk in you because my authority over him is in you. So my acknowledgement of the enemy is not to scare me. It's to cause me to be more strategic about how I live my life. And it's also meant to point me back to the father. For my dear listener, I would encourage you to go back and listen to all of that. But as for us in real time, we're going to move on to this quick hitter right quick. <laughs> as it relates to diet and thriving and your fitness, that's a quick hitter right here. What should we eat more of and what should we eat less of? Yeah, fruits, vegetables, less, less processed foods, less fast food. Cook at home, man. Um, more more fruits, more vegetables, legumes, beans, um, you know, health, healthy animal products, you know, meats, healthy dairies, healthy fats, you know, nuts, you know. All, that's what that's what we should be going for some grains you know those are those are the things man stay away from the stuff that man is making with their own hands a, a, most of the time like you know make make your own food out of the stuff that god has given you take the ingredients make your own combinations that's the best way to go 
That's good. More God made, less man made. And that's a, yeah, that could be applied to so many areas of life. But <laughs> that's yeah. another sermon of the episode for another day. And lastly, coach, yeah. I really appreciate and respect your time. Like, what encouragement would you give? What more encouragement? Cause you've already encouraged us a lot. Would you give to the person that may be struggling in the area of, of fitness and their physical health? You have the floor. I just want you to minister. Yeah. Be real about what you need. Be real. Be very real about what you need. Do you need, um, motivation. Okay, cool. Well, I need you to get clear on what your reasons are for doing this, right? I need you to get clear on why this is connected to your walk with Christ and 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 your family, right? The things that matter to you the most. Um, do you need education? Well, then I would encourage you to find that education, right? Read a book. Um, take a course, right? Uh, get a certification. Like do, don't just watch YouTube videos. Like actually get some real education on this, right? Do you need accountability? Find find a partner, like hire a coach, right? That that hiring a coach, and I obviously I'm biased because I'm a coach, but hiring a coach, at least I can speak for myself and my program. That's going to include education. That's going to be accountability. We're going to point you towards Christ and helping you find your motivation, get clear on your lifestyle anchors and goals and guidelines and strategy and structure. So that's one thing that you can do right there. If you honestly have tried this thing so long on your own, and maybe even having a workout partner is good because it provides you with the accountability, but you're not going to really get education from that person, right? Like they can't motivate you. They can't make you do this thing. You can't have them there every single day for the rest of your life. Then I would say, okay, you need to find a, a Christ-centered coach. Aside from all this, the specifics though, zoom out and be real with yourself. Are you happy with where you're at? No? Okay. Well then stop going back and forth. You let your SBS and you know, but no, like make a decision. Uh, so what you're going to do, stop fumbling around with what you're going to do, what you want to do, where you're at right now, why you can't do what you want to do and all that. You have to make a decision. There's already a war between flesh and spirit. You have to at some point pick a side and stop being, stop acting like a ping pong ball, getting slapped back and forth from day to day. When you make a decision, things will change. And I don't mean I'm going to do this diet. I mean the lifestyle submitting this to the Lord, a decision means cutting off all the other options. When you choose, this is who I am in Christ. And this is the way that I must live in order to be in alignment with who I truly am. And you protect that every day, despite the challenges. That's when things will actually change for you. Again, if you need help with that on multiple different planes, then I would, I would encourage you to reach out to me and let's just talk about what it looks like and see if we're a good fit for each other. Because at some point, you got to make a decision and move. Exactly. And I'm going to be sure to leave his link to his website in the show notes so you can connect with him for more information about his fitness programs and stay encouraged and held accountable with his social media uh, from Facebook group to um, Instagram to TikTok. You will be encouraged. And so, Coach Matt, all I can say is just thank you so much for joining the show once again. Hey, man, it's always a pleasure to be here. And before I let you go, I want to give a major shout out to Creative Era Studios. They make your memories one click at a time. They are a photo and video studio based out of Houston, Texas, and they have a team dedicated to meet any occasion. Nothing too big, nothing too small, Uh, whether it's family portraits, whether it's birthdays or special events and weddings. They are prepared to make your day special memorable and professional so if you are in the greater houston area and would like top-notch videos and photos please consider 
Creative Era Studios. And I'll be sure to leave their contact information in the show notes below. But thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope and pray you have a blessed day, a blessed year.